Welcome along to the LML Studios, and we've got Piyush Patel here. Hi, Piyush. Hi, Steve. Thank you for having me. Now, it's very exciting because you've come a long way today, down in, in Purley, is it? That's right, yeah. And you are Membership Advisor for the Federation of Small Businesses, the FSB. Yeah. Now, briefly, before we come and find out a bit about you, what is the FSB? Well, the FSB is, in essence, a campaign and lobby group. Um, we have 160,000 members and growing nationally. The FSB started back in 1974. And how did you get involved in the FSB initially? Well, uh, funny enough, um, I've been a member for about five, six years now. And somebody walked into my offices. I'm an insurance broker, semi-retired. Ah. And this lady walked into my office and said, uh, would you like to join the FSB? And she said, and I said, I didn't even know who they were. And she asked her, well, who are they? What do they do? She goes, oh, we're a campaign lo lobby group. Um, and being an insurance broker serving small businesses for about 20 or so years, I thought, well, yeah, I like that. Sign me up. So she says, don't you want me to know about the features and benefits? I goes, no, no, no. If you're going to, if you're, if you're doing this kind of work to serve small businesses and make sure um, they are represented in parliament, I thought, I thought it's good enough for me. So I just joined up. And you are all over LinkedIn. You're a super networker, I'd say. Am Is I? that right? <laughs> <laughs> I try. I do try. <laughs> I mean, acting on behalf of small businesses, it's a pretty, um, it's an interesting job, isn't it, I suppose? Because there's so many little things you've got to be careful of, legal and um, insurance and all this stuff you've got to think about as a small business owner. Absolutely. Look, if you look at it this way, if, you, if a corporate organisation will have departments that solve various problems for example if you're an employee the employee there sitting at your desk and something goes wrong there's always a number you can call and an engineer or whatever it is will come down and fix your problem yeah but when, and it's all paid for by the company right so as an employee you haven't spent a penny but that changes when you become an employer you own your own business and when things go wrong you have to start paying for your problems to be solved so in essence, I view the features of membership like your own departments, um, you know, your very own departments. So you're not alone. If things go wrong, you give the FSB a call and more often than not, they can solve most of your problems. So that's the way I view it. Yeah. And they have networking events as well. Oh, and in abundance. I'd, I'd say there's a, between five and 15 networking events a day. Uh, at the moment, they're all virtual. We are looking to bring back uh, physical events. Uh, but yeah, uh, they're virtual events. So and as a result of the pandemic, all of a sudden people living in Brighton can go to a networking event in Scotland by you know, <laughs> neat, neat Scottish businesses, for example. So it, it gives our members the opportunity to extend their reach and grow their, their um, network, basically. Yeah. If you're going to a networking event, have you got any tips for someone going there for the first time, say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my own example is always go with an intention to meet people, have fun, enjoy it. Um, I host a couple of the FSB events um, and I've always been of the belief that you need to create a warm and friendly environment, have a, have some fun mm. um, because it creates that right atmosphere for being, you know, for great conversations to happen and even business to get transacted basically um and yeah keep an open mind uh, it's more to go, go networking to meet um meet new people and extend your network to begin with as for organizing a network event any tips for that i mean that must be something you need to work a lot 
quite hard at, I think, for an in-person networking event. Oh, That's quite a challenge, isn't yeah. it? To keep it going. It is. I mean, it's, it's, it's about timing, planning it beforehand. What's the intention of the event? What's the purpose? Is there a guest speaker? How are they going to um, entice the audience? Is the guest speaker attractive enough to draw people to the event? Yeah. Uh, um, the venue, how many can he accommodate? Is there food? There's lots and lots of factors that make an event good. Now, uh, you know already I'm a DJ as well. I do it for a laugh. So yeah. uh, in the early days, um, I used to hire out venues um, and, and, it, and, and sell tickets for people to come to these paid for events of which I was the DJ. Ah. So this is where a lot of my event planning skills came in. So uh, it's having a, a watertight plan, well, as watertight as possible, plan in place and thinking of all the things that could go wrong and fixing them mm. and then delivering. Okay. So let's just find out how we get involved and join the FSB. Then we can chat about DJing maybe. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can speak for hours on that. I mean, look, websites of FSB, where do we go? Okay, look, here's the thing. Um, there's many ways you can join the FSB. You could join online. You can join through a membership advisor, me. Uh, you could um, even telephone, call them up and uh, get, get signed up over the phone. But I'm of the belief that you should join your uh, join membership through a membership advisor and build a relationship with that membership advisor. Um, like you, Steve, you've probably messaged a dozen times before I've got down here. You know the reason why I didn't come because of the, the travel, right? So it, it's having that relationship with your membership advisor. Um, so always, I would say, buy through an advisor. And I suppose, like all things, the question shouldn't be, what do you get? out of the FSB, but it's more, how can I get involved? How can I help? Yeah. I mean, look, the, That's way, the, attitude. the, the way to view the FSB, it's in essence, it's a not-for-profit organisation predominantly run by its members for members. I view it as one big happy family. Some view it as a union, you know. To me, my role as a membership advisor, although it's not a charity, I feel... I need to pay it back to the small business community. And why do I need to pay it back? Well, my commercially insurance broking business, which I've semi-retired from, was built on the back of small businesses. I've always insured small businesses. So yeah. when I semi-retired, I thought, well, I, I need to pay it forward. And through the FSB, it helps me meet an abundance of small businesses. Um, so I can then look at my own experiences of running my business and my first five years of running my business was really tough um, and I kind of try and inspire people um, and it, uh, to, to give them the confidence and the courage to perhaps stick their neck out and you know um, grow their business in the way I did but I'm trying to fast track it because I went yeah. through all the problems I don't want them to have the problems yeah yeah and it's finding the confidence sometimes, isn't it? Because not everybody is that sort of go-getter, put yourself out there kind of person. You might be a good baker or a good insurance broker, but you're not so good at uh, social media or um, yeah, advertising yourself. Absolutely. Not everybody's good at everything. No. Right? Um, one thing I know I'm good at is selling. I'm, I'm a good salesman, yeah. apparently. Right? <laughs> so it's... And that's one of those things that you need to do to make sure your business is successful, right? And also the, the, the skill of managing a business too. And also recognising that sometimes if you can't, you know, practically if you've got 
if you're running a business, you're not going to like every aspect of that running of that business. So then you start start. You need to think about how do I outsource that aspect, which creates me more time. And that's one thing I love about my job, mm. because I I meet so many different types of businesses. I'm always looking for solutions to those businesses' problems and giving them referrals, connecting them in a way to help them grow their business, basically, yeah. And you've referred people to us here at LML, so thanks for that. You're welcome. Obviously works. So um, LinkedIn, your Piyush Patel advisor, easy to find on LinkedIn if anybody wants to contact you. Yeah. Let's chat about DJing then. Have you got a uh, guaranteed dance floor filler song that you play? Well, here's the thing. Look, the DJ side, I mean, look, Monday to Friday I work, even in the when I was working in insurance, Monday to Friday I, I put all the hours in that I needed to put to make it work. And on Saturday all I do want to do is switch off. So what, <laughs> what I do is I deliberately go and look. I mean, I've been DJing since I was like 13, 14 years old. I do it for a laugh. It's turned into a great business. But I look for a party where I can know that I can deliver the music they want because I, I, I see my happiness depends on their happiness. So yeah. if, if I make them happy, I'll be happy. Yeah. Um, floor fillers, generally you're looking at stuff that, um, again, that makes you happy music that makes you happy. What, what does that look like? It depends on your, your favorite genres, doesn't it? If you like, I mean, Motown, things like that, bit of dance music, uh, and that that sort of stuff depends on the clientele, I suppose, as well. If you're doing a 21st birthday full of women, you might not put on Simple Minds. If you're doing a, um, you know, 50th yeah. full of blokes, whatever, you might put on some Sex on Fire or whatever. Yeah, but here's the thing, like, so um, I've been collecting music and I still collect music. So sometimes I get the odd school uh, contacting me, say, "Could you do our school prom?" And I thought, "Hang on, I'm 55 years old, <laughs> and you lot are all 16." So as a, because of that, I'm always got my finger on the pulse, and I listen and I listen to all aspects of music. And I've done a few proms, and they've looked at me strange, thinking, "You're an old man. Uh, how do you know our music?" Yeah, do you know. And 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 my desire is to make them happy and shock them in a way. <laughs> but I suppose you must like the music. You're not going to put yourself through listening to chart music unless you enjoy some of it at least well yeah i mean i've got an ear for good music so in essence i try and avoid some genres like heavy heavy rap music or yeah. swearing and all that kind of stuff and and rock and that kind of stuff i avoid and shamefully i don't play indian and bangra music being an asian okay so, but because i grew up in this country i know the culture of yeah. this country so i think i'm more of a candy staten and uh emotions kind of guy put those Isn't on and i'll be on the dance the floor power? is that the track yeah um i like young hearts run free it, yeah. and best of my love from the uh, emotions emotions so you might like uh, heaven must be missing an angel oh yeah oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. And a bit of Luther Vandross, maybe. Never too so much. Is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I used to do a little bit of DJing, but um, nothing serious in, in pubs and, and um, village halls where I used to live in Milton but Keynes. You, then you'd understand the enjoyment you get out of it. There's an enjoyment, isn't there? And then there's also the end of the night where you're trying to lug your equipment down the fire escape and the caretaker or the, the manager of the venue is like, mate, you can be any much longer. Yeah, I get that. But, you know, these days everything's <laughs> become much smaller. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I kid you not, I can rig probably a 2,000-watt system uh, on a on something that looks like a shopping trolley. Wow. 
and and with, that is good. with eighty thousand tracks. Can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, all in all on a shopping trolley. So what are you not playing CDs now? Obviously, it's no, all um, no, no. off uh, of MP3 or whatever. Yeah, Serato. Do you know Serato? Yeah. I use that, um, and I use one control unit, so I don't have a t- turntable mixer. Or it's it's one unit connected to laptop, connected to speakers, and some nice lights going in the background. Yeah, simple, perfect. Very simple. Yeah. And what I like about it is that it brings out the creative side in me and. It it keeps me a bit more energetic because sitting behind a desk all day long can get training as well. Yeah. A little bit of a look into PS's life there and insurance. How'd you get into insurance? Well, the story there was, I mean, like I came out of school with nothing. I wasn't really a academic guy. I'd, le- I'd learned how to do two things. That's supposed to dance. And I'm not, I'm not going to be busting any moves here today. <laughs> right. And, uh, and how to play music. So I, I left school, tried to get a job in an estate agency, failed abysmally. So my my love my uncle who's passed away rest in peace he got me a job with his friends insurance brokers so I worked there uh, a couple of years he taught me the trade trained me very well and so, and so, sort of job hopped my way into AA insurance which was ah. they're, they're, in my opinion they're one of the best companies I've ever worked for I mean they spent so much time and energy and money on their the staff training and stuff like that. So I learned a lot of the skills about selling and managing a business with them. And sadly, I think in 1999, I lost my job uh, due to redundancies. And I thought, well, I don't want to work for anyone else. I've got all the knowledge and skill. Let's give it a go. So I started an insurance broking business, predominantly uh, serving small businesses, insuring small businesses. Uh, the first five years was torture. It was really hard work. We didn't have, in 1999, we did not have social media. So it was literally door knocking, uh, cold calling, standing in uh, exhibitions and stuff like that. Um, it was hard. Yeah. It was really hard. Yeah, it paid off in the end. So uh, That's good. Obviously, you're not paying out um, people yourself. I mean, as an insurance, independent insurance person. Yeah, it's a broker. So yeah, you're not. No, the role you're is, not at risk. Nah, it's more like uh, somebody wants insurance. My job would be to find out what their real needs are, yeah. what the risks are, how can I help them overcome those risks, find them a insurance company that will insure them, protect them, and then uh, arrange an insurance policy for them. And I earned, the burning was on the commission on the premium. Yeah. That, that's how it was. And you're still doing that now? you semi-retired, you say? Semi-retired. So I do control, like, the financial side of things. So I still pay the staff at the end of each month. I still uh, have a regular conversation who with my fellow director. Uh, who's taken over the business and he's actually yeah. made it grow as a result of gone. So his requirement was me, if you're going to retire, don't come back here again. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. No, it's because I was quite, I, 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 I was quite laid back with the business. It was doing well and I, and I just wanted to have fun at work. And it, I, I think I got to that stage where I, I, I felt I needed to move out yeah. uh, to help him give him full empowerment and control, yeah. which he has, and he just gets on with it and delivers. He's brilliant. For anybody watching in a small business, can you give us a couple of minutes on the basics of insurance for a small business? What sort of insurance should you have? I mean, you also got public liability insurance. Yeah. I You've mean, got to have that, haven't yeah, you? Yeah. So it, um, my speciality was hospitality trades, retail and property owners. So yeah. if you look at retail, your typical shop, um, 
I don't know, there's a beauty parlor next door. Yep. Yeah, nail so bar. Yeah, nail yeah. bar. Let's take them for as an example. Yeah. So, not that I want my nails done, but no? if I did. <laughs> but if, if I was to walk in there, the minute I walk in, they are obliged to make sure that nothing goes wrong with me, right? Yeah. So, if I walk in there, fall over something, then that's public liability. I fell over in your shop. Yeah. Now, Many people are savvy. They know that they can do a claim on insurance, no win, no fee, right? If they haven't got public liability insurance, then they're going to have to fork out money to that person who's claiming that said injury. Yeah. yeah? So they need that public liability. Someone might put a brick through the window. Who's going to pay for the broken glass? Yeah. There might be a robbery. Yeah. Uh, all their equipment's been stolen. So how, how have you got the money in the bank to replace the equipment that's been stolen? No. So that's the importance of insurance, the importance yeah. of it. People, people hate paying it. They don't like paying the insurance premium, but when they have a claim, they see value. I mean, I did make a point, and when someone buys a policy from, through my company, I used to say, this is not covered. Mm. If you've got the wrong lock on your front door and you have a robbery, it won't cover it. Yeah. And so I used to spend a lot of time educating the client on how to make sure that secure themselves or protect themselves enough that should there be a claim it will be paid yeah well great thanks for that and um you can get in touch as you say with ps on linkedin easy to find ps patel advisor just search that thank you very much ps you're welcome steve thank you very much we're gonna do a little studio tour now we'll do that we'll enjoy that thank you thank you